Welcome to The Sacred Everything, a podcast that explores what the world would look like if we treated ourselves, our communities, and the natural environment as sacred. We seek out to illuminate the root causes of society's biggest issues, like climate change and social injustice. We meet the leaders of a practical revolution whose little tweaks on everyday life could bring healing to humanity. I'm Travis, and with my co-host Dennis, Join us as we meet the pioneers of personal healing, nature reconnection, and revival of community life. Here's to a more beautiful world. Thanks everybody for joining us today. We're really lucky to have Jared Archibald on the program. He's an adult program manager for the Wilderness Awareness School. He's located in Duval, Washington, in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains in the Snoqualmie River Valley. His role at Wilderness Awareness School is a core instructor for the Nature Instructor Training Program, and he's been with them for many, many years. He is an avid canoeer, a cyclist, an all-around awesome dude, and will share with us today the wisdom, the personal impacts, and the richness that is the medicine we're calling Reconnecting with Nature. Thanks for being on the show, Jared. What's the, uh, what's the weather like in Washington today? Uh, wet and rainy and gray, but uh, otherwise awesome. 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 Well, why don't we hop into our first question? We'd, we'd love if you could tell us what the big picture objectives are for the Wilderness Awareness School. Yeah, um, I'll start by sharing the, the mission statement because that, that gives us a place to, to begin, um, which is through nature connection and cultural mentoring, we provide transformational experiences that awaken people's unique gifts, deepen their relationship with nature, and empower them to enrich the health of their communities. Um, so that's that's a, a beautiful way of saying uh, everything from uh, you know one of our core routines, which we call sit spot, which is just sitting out in nature and being with nature and, and bringing online all of our senses, um, all the way to you know deep survival skills, uh, to community leadership, communication skills, mentoring, um, every and, and all ages. Um, we're we're up to the work of creating and deepening relationships with ourselves, our communities, and the natural world. And we could not be more excited to be talking to you because those are, those are like the defining principles for the sacred everything, like, you know, reconnecting with ourselves, understanding our role in the community and, and, and having that reciprocal relationship with nature. That's, that's the stuff of societal transformation in our eyes. And, and we're really excited to hear how the Wilderness Awareness School has executed those. Um, but first, Let's hear a little bit about you. You know, how did Jared come to being a guide at the Wilderness Awareness School? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, went to school for sound recording, which doesn't seem to be related to Nature Connection in any way. Um, <laughs> yeah, in high school, I got really into playing music and followed that passion into sound recording, um, ended up getting my degree uh, and working in a, a multitude of ways, but largely in the live music realm, um, doing sound for concerts, things like that. Uh, and then got into corporate audio cause it paid better, better money. <laughs> uh, and actually ended up working at Google for a few years and, um, and doing all the big meetings and concerts that happened at Google and video conferencing and, uh, live casting to CNN and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and had a lot of fun doing that. 
Um, but ultimately, f- it felt a little empty. I, I had this de- desire and need to to make a, a bigger difference in the world, um, and had started taking some personal development programs and uh, and leadership programs, and getting really excited about that and the idea of coaching and mentoring. Um, and so, went to work for another company uh, that did a lot of transformational seminars and and, and uh, things like that. Um, and loved that, did that for a few years, um, but still a lot of, uh, you know, I had to wear a button up shirt and work in a, in an office with, uh, you know, lighting that's not very fun. Um, and so when I, when I finished that, uh, I took, took a couple months to kind of find my feet, um, and got really interested in natural movement. Um, I read the, the book born to run and got super excited about, uh, like barefoot running and things like that. And uh, found this uh, a cool modality that I got went and trained in and got certified uh, to become a personal trainer um, out in the forest. Um, and so I started started my own business and started taking people out one on one into the forest and taught them how to climb trees and carry rocks all over the place and lift things and just do awesome not na- na- you know move the body the way the body wants to move. Um, and uh, did that for a few years and had a lot of fun with it. But again, it, it still felt like there was something missing. There was a piece that was missing. Um, and I'd been doing all this research on, you know, really holistic ways to live um, and found, you know, movement's just one small piece of it. And there's nutrition and there's your social, uh, you know, community and, and how you're connecting and building relationships. Um, and so started thinking harder and like, oh, there's there's something else. What is that? Uh, and ended up. Um, kind of through some interesting ways, realizing that what I needed was some more nature connection. And at the time I thought like survival skills was the answer to that. Um, You know, at one point had this idea of like, I need to learn more about how to be a hunter gatherer because that's what my body came to this world wanting. Um, And I, I wanted to um, find, yeah, find some kind of training. Like what, what is there that, that teaches me how to do that? And yeah, survival skills was like the only thing I could think of. So I started Googling that, found a bunch of different programs and schools. Um, and, and then I, I happened upon the wilderness awareness school website and it instantly just felt different. Um, and, and the thing that really caught me in, in the, the literature was the greatest survival skill there is, is community. And that I, I hadn't seen anything like that on any other of these other websites or heard anything like that. And it just resonated it was like, when you've got other people around you, when you, when you've got a community of people pulling together that can work well together, there's, you know, as we've seen, there's almost nothing that you can't accomplish. Um, and whereas if you know all the survival skills and you're just awesome at creating fire and building shelters and, you know, harvesting meat and foraging for plants, that's great. And your, your likelihood of survival is nowhere near as high as if you had a whole team of people that were really good at even maybe even specialists at certain parts of that. Um, so yeah, I was really drawn by that uh, and ended up touring the school and just fell in love with the people I met and the, the land um, that the school is on. And uh, then from there, just you know, was able to talk my wife into, <laughs> into moving from California to rainy Washington and, uh, you know, was able to have conversations with my mom so that she wasn't too worried that I was losing my mind. Um, and, uh, came up here and yeah, and it's, it's been six years and yeah, did a couple programs with them. I did the, what then is, was called the Anake outdoor school. We, we now call the immersion program, um, stuck around and did the apprentice program to, to become like an assistant instructor and learn how we instruct these programs. Um, 
And then uh, basically this, uh, a, a job in the administration showed up and felt like a good fit for my skill set. And uh, so I was excited to apply and, and got hired and um, have, have managed a, a, a few different programs. Um, and yeah, now I'm in the adult program manager and I get to lead the apprentice program now, uh, which is really, really fun. Um, and now you've, you know, also kind of looking at what's next with the school and where, where are we going from here and uh, what are some new program ideas that, that can help us continue to fulfill on our mission. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Y- you know, those things that stand out, community is a pathway for survival. It, it's something that really resonates with me in, in, in wanting to let go of the collared shirt and get out into nature and stomp our feet on the ground and smell the soil and, and get it under our fingernails. It's, I don't think it's just primal. You know, I think it's part of our DNA. It's part of our bacterial intelligence to be in that level of connection with the earth. And yeah, so I really appreciate you sharing that. And and um, I would definitely love your skills at convincing your life partner to move into the middle of nowhere with you. Oh, uh, but, but maybe that's for another podcast. Yeah, exactly. It seems as if the uh, the wilderness school has found um, a niche. It seems like uh, survival in the media is really focused on the individual uh, and those survival skills, like you were talking about. So, how did the wilderness school like come into its own and ident- and make it that I- the community its identity that focus? Yeah, um, well, that really comes from our founders. Um, you know, we had we had a couple founders that came together, and um, one of the, one of them, John Young, was uh, really passionate about mentoring and how um, how indigenous cultures mentor their youth, um, and that it's so diametrically opposed to how we mentor our youth in in uh, Western settler culture. Um, and so he did a, a lot of research um, in, in his college years and uh, basically looked across the board at a lot, a lot of indigenous cultures and found these universalities um, in how, the, how they educated and mentored their youth. Um, and from that, you know, he also was, was mentored from a very young age um, by Tom Brown Jr., who started the Tracker School, one of the, the more famous, you know, oldest um, schools of that nature um, in, in the U.S. And so he, he had it in his body. He, he had experienced some of this um, because Tom Brown Jr. was uh, mentored by uh, an indigenous man. And so he, yeah, he brought, he, this kind of all boiled together of the, the skills, the nature connection, um, along with that style of mentorship. Um, and so that came together to become Wilderness Awareness School. And it's continued to be you know, an incredibly strong thread through everything we do. In this program um, of mentoring, and are, are, this, are they still called students? And how do, how do they like, uh, what's the hierarchy look like? Do they advance as the years go on? Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, there's yes, we do call we do still call them students, um, and we we have a, a huge uh, um, uh, cornucopia of programs. Um, so we have you know programs all the way from age four all the way up to uh, elderhood, um, and you know so for our adult programs, um, we have the the immersion program, which is a nine month what we would call a residential program. It's three days a week. There's a, a myriad of um, expeditions we go on like week long and multi-week expeditions. Um, and so typically, you know, kind of the, the flow for an adult student who comes to the immersion would be spend nine months in the immersion. Um, often they would stick around and instruct our summer camps. We have a whole summer camp offering for youth in the area. Um, and then, uh, 
And then if they choose to stick around, then they can do a second year with us doing um, the the next nine-month program, which is our nature instructor training. Um, and that's where you get to be an apprentice. And those programs are that program is split in, into two um, uh, tracks. One is, is being a youth program apprentice. One is being an adult program apprentice. The youth program apprentices apprentice with our youth programs. We have school year youth programs that are mostly focused towards uh, home um, uh, homeschooled children. We also have some monthly programs that go out to our local parks for uh, children who are in more traditional schooling. Um, and so they get to be assistant instructors and learn on the ground, uh, doing what we do and learning from our, our um, year-round instructors. Um, and they, they also, there's classrooms, uh, which is one of my roles is instructing those classrooms where we give them kind of the, the theory and what's going on in the background. And then our uh, adult apprentices apprentice on the immersion program as an assistant instructors and, and learn how you would instruct a nine month immerse, immersive program. Um, and so that, so there's kind of a, a kind of a ready-made two-year block. And then from there, um, you know, if people are still like, yeah, this is awesome. I want to stick around. I want to keep getting more. Um, then there's more opportunities to either do a, a second year in the immersion, in the, um, the apprentice program, um, or to get hired on staff, uh, to work in some of our different, uh, teams, things like that, come on administrative staff, um, or go out into the world and take, take the good message out and, uh, start a school, um, go to work in another nature school. We have, uh, quite a, a network of other schools that we, um, collaborate with and communicate with a lot and, um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, the trajectory. Um, what do your students do in these programs? How how are they guided into you know the paradigm shift of interdependence? Mm. Yeah, the so like the immersion program is you know this incredible it, it, you know to give you kind of an idea of it is it's the buffet table of everything we do. Um, so it's not like, it doesn't go super in depth in any one of the key areas, but it gives you a really good introduction. And, and in some cases, even a more inter intermediate, um, level of study in all kinds of, you know, everything from permaculture to, you know, like the survival skills, the, you know, the shelter building and friction fire and, um, harvesting animals and, um, foraging and plant medicine, um, you know, way more things than I could possibly list tracking, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's like class days where you'll focus on one area. Um, and then you'll, the next day you'll be focusing on something completely different. Um, and so by the end of the year, you get this really good sense of kind of what there is available. And, and a lot of the work in the program is helping each individual student, um, narrow in on what are their, what's, what lights them up? What's the passion for them? Um, and then because the school has been around for so long, there's so many graduates, both abroad, as well as that stick around and stay in the community and start farms and start their own, you know, other nature programs in the area and things like that, that we have this incredible network of community as well, that if you're really passionate about, let's say trees, we have a graduate that has taken that passion and gone, you know, really, really far with it and now works as a professional arborist and comes in and instructs certain days. And so it's like, great, go talk to, go talk to him. Um, he'll, he'll help you keep going deeper into that, into that world. Um, you know, and not to, you know, also not forgetting our incredible staff who have been doing this journey for years as well and, and have many, many gifts in, in more specific areas. So when you want to go deep in certain area, there's, we, we have a network to support that. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, it, it makes me curious, um, you know, what the experience of these courses are like for, you'd mentioned the elderhood, um, you know, children, it has almost like a, like a village kind of vibe to it. And I'm curious what a day in the life looks like for one of these programs. Yeah, sure. Um, so let's start with the littles. Um, we have uh, a program, you know, our, what we call our weekly programs are the ones that are on weekdays for, for more homeschooled type kids. Um, and so we have our Roots and Wings program for four to six year olds. Um, and that's basically, yeah, they get a whole day uh, where, well, for them, it's a shorter day because it's, it's hard to, to be out there for that long for the, for the little ones. They have shorter legs, can't go as far, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, basically, you know, it, with them, it looks a little different. It's a, it's a lot more imagination. It's a lot more um, kind of playing in the forest and utilizing their imagination and much more fanciful and mythical things um, to help them. It's like just a different way that they'll connect. You know, we're not teaching them bow drill and, and how to build, build a survival shelter. Um, but we are teaching them how to build, you know, a fairy house, you know, a smaller version of a survival sh shelter that is work. It works in their world. Um, and then when they, when it comes time later on, uh, in a few years, when it is time to build a survival shelter and sleep in it overnight, it's the same teaching. Um, it's the same, you know, the framework of how to build it and all of that kind of stuff is the same. We've been embedding it the whole time. And then when they see it, when they're, you know, say seven or eight years old, they're like, oh, I know how to do this. Um, and so that's, that's really a lot of what it is, is just at the different age groups is meeting them where they're at, learning what, you know, developmentally, what really works for them, um, and just kind of shifting things and packaging things a little differently, um, and so those programs go all the, all the way up to 18. Um, and, you know, there's a lot more emphasis on more social interaction as they get into their teens and things like that. They're really interested in community and communicating with each other and figuring out who they are in the world and things like that. So we're still doing the survival skills. We're still teaching them all these things and working on mentoring, but there's just, you know, a different slant to it. It's, it has a different emphasis. Um, and then, you know, we, we go into our adult programs. We have adult weekend programs that um, are specific to certain core areas. So we'll have um, one that's like specific just to friction fire. Um, it's teaching you how to build fires, how to make a bow drill kit, how to you know bust your first coal, uh, which is our lingo of, of getting that coal and being able to blow it into flame and start a fire um, and, and all of that kind of stuff. We have um, uh, some amazing plant programs, uh, plant medicine, edible plants um, for foraging, things like that. Um, and, and then, and we, you know, we have a, a tracking weekends, things like that. And then we have a couple of intensives. We have a, our plant intensive and our tracking intensive. And those are nine month programs that meet one weekend a month. And those are great for working adults who don't, you know, aren't quite ready to jump in for nine straight months of, of an immersion, an immersion into what we do. Um, but love that specific area and want to go as deep as they can, um, without, you know, completely moving, moving States like I did. Um, and so there's that world. Um, and, and, you know, then we, we actually have an elders council, um, speak, going to the far end of the, the other side of the spectrum. Um, and, and that's made up of, of people who, uh, perhaps had had children that came to our school or grandchildren that came to our school and they got connected to us in that way. Um, we also have people who have come through our immersion program um, because we've we've had people in their 60s up into 70 come do the program um, and and be like, oh, this is amazing. And then we kind of connect with them and, and we're like, oh, you'd be a great elder for our school. And so then there, there's a whole process that they step into our elders council and 
there's a, a few different ways we weave our elders into our programs and they're there for a lot of our ceremonial moments. They're there for beginnings of programs, endings of programs, and in between. Um, a lot of times when we're sharing stories, things like that, they'll be around and um, listening and offering feedback. They're also available to our students uh, one-on-one at, at times to provide counsel and mentoring and guidance, things like that. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of something for everyone and, and for all ages in between. I I keep hearing these these gems, these amazing gems from you around intergenerational nature, around social skills being these emergent underlying topics that, you know, young people are craving into the age where where they really need that. And, you know, people are figuring out life direction and even some of the basics of like, <laughs> like what's in my heart and what's in my hormones. You know, it, it sounds like there's a real rich experience for anybody of any age who's coming up in the program and and you know what it's related to i i just appreciate the richness and the depth that's coming from the program and i think it's fantastic and um yeah so so jared we've heard a lot about the program and uh what it is in in the physical activities that you engage in but but you know, I'm curious, like what's lying underneath? You keep talking about these notions of community and notions of survival, but but it seems like we don't just do this because we want to be in the woods. You know, it seems like there's some deep yearning going on that drives people to get to a school like this. So so what are the core principles that are being put forth there? And and if you want to venture to address it, like what what are those principles addressing? What are those deep longings that that those principles are addressing? What are some of the bad habits of humanity that are being undone here? You know, what are the new roads and new paths that are being paved at Wilderness Awareness School for a more beautiful world? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, really, I, you know, if if I had one word, it would be connection or, or relationship. Um, you know, so much of our modern culture is about disconnection. It's about relying less and less on people around us and being able to just pay money for, for whatever we need. Um, like, oh, I don't, I don't need to know where my food comes from. I don't need to tend to my food. I don't need farmers. I don't need to know anything about that. I just pay money on an app that I don't even have to think about the money. I just, I just poke on things I want on my screen and then they show up in some duration of time. That's usually very short. Um, all the way to actually getting your hands dirty, actually learning how to farm that food or forage that food or, or hunt and harvest. Um, so, and then, yeah, just like building these, these webs of connection and, and reliance on each other. Um, and so it, in a lot of ways it flips that modern paradigm on its head. Um, and so that's when, you know, when students come in, especially in our, like our immersion program, that's, that's this, you know, for me, that was a, a huge part of my learning journey. Um, and, you know, it's different for everyone, but my unique journey was like group leadership, how to, how to come to a consensus with a group of people on what to do or how to do it. Um, you know, like uh, you, we uh, write about this time in my program um, in, in November, we do uh, shelter week where we, in our own groups, um, so you, in each program, there's three or four clans, um, that, that each, each of the students are broken up into. So each clan got to build their own shelter that they then were going to sleep in, um, for one to two nights. And it was, a, it felt like the first big test of, uh, of our group leadership skills, um, and went into it. And, you know, we all had different ideas on where we should put the shelter and how we should go about building it and what roles each person were going to take. And, 
all of those things. There's just like a million things. And, and it's not just, you know, it's like in school, you know, in high school or college, when you're on a group project, there's not really a, um, uh, an impact, like a like a felt impact. If things don't go the way you want them to go, there's no there's no consequence that really hurts you if it doesn't go the way you want it to go. Whereas in this instance, you're gonna sleep in that shelter. <laughs> like you're gonna be really really cold or wet or both if things don't go well. So there's this there's this built in incentive to work well with you. And you're going to be in there very close proximity with your group. <laughs> so not only do you have to build it well, but you have to build it well in a good way so that all of the people involved feel included, feel like their contributions are valuable. Um, because yeah, you're going to be in really close space and you're going to rely on each other for body heat and and harvesting food and firewood together and all of these things to to make it through this this you know, these two nights in a good way. Um, and to also be learning and, and have a, that be a rich experience versus, uh, you know, a suffer fest. Um, and, and so that it, it got very real, very quickly. Um, and yeah, there was a lot to navigate there. And then that just continues through the year. You know, that's kind of your, your early test of, of what's going to happen because then at the end of the year, you're going to be spending almost a week in a survival situation with your, your whole group, um, you know, the whole class, and you, you know, you walk in with the clothes on your back and nothing else. There's no tools. There's no knives. There's no nothing. You've got to figure out, you know, how, how do we thrive in this situation? How do we have an experience that is enriching? How do we come together in a really strong um, way in which we each give our gifts in beautiful ways um, to have this be, you know, this transformative experience? Yeah, all of that, that relationship, that, that, that connection, you know, and then there's everything with the natural world that is so, so rich. And that's a, a big piece of what brings people in. You know, one of the traditions is in the beginning of the immersion program is each student shares, like, what's the thread they've been following that brought them to the, to this program. And over and over and over again, they, they may have difficulty putting into words exactly what it was, but they they know that when they're in the natural world, something's really, really different and it's calling to them and it feels right. And this program occurs for them like, oh, I'm going to go learn more about that. I'm going to go learn what's going on here and how do I expand on it? How do I get more of that in my life? Um, so that's a huge piece. You know, you get a lot of people who, who maybe have never camped in their life, but you know, there's a park near their house or there's a tree in their yard or there's, uh, you know, a bird, you know, uh, some, some birds near them that they just, something clicked and, and they were like, oh, there's something else going on here. So that's a huge theme. And then another huge one is just the idea of community there. You know, we live in this world where there, the, the word community seems to have lost a lot of meaning. What we, we, we use the word community all the time. It's all over the place. But when you really look at what what like the definition of community is, it's it's interdependence. It's it's needing each other, and that doesn't show up for hardly anywhere. Um, and so, you know, time and time again in people's stories, in their applications, when they're coming to these programs, they're like, I they just have this hunger for community, and it's it's not a it's not a mystery. It's like we you know 
not that long ago, all of our grandparents, great grandparents, and and close ancestors grew up in these super tight knit villages, these very small communities where you knew everyone, you knew them from the time you were born until the time you or they died, um, and you knew everything about them. You knew they they brought their unique gifts. You each kind of found your niche in that community where you could give your gifts that were unique to you, and to have the people in your community really value that and 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 reflect how much you contributed to their life. And and you look around our modern life and where does that exist? It's just it's so hard to find. And so you there's this this awakening I believe in, in this period of time where people are awakening to that like oh I need that. That's so important to me. And and so they're searching for it. And so we're starting to see it pop up all over the place. Um and I think it's something we do really well. And even we are still scratching our head and figuring it out. And how do we do this? Um, you know, we have this nine-month program that in a lot of ways feels like a community. But again, at the end of those nine months, we all go our separate ways. Um, so in a, in a way, it's still not really a community, but we're, we're trying. We're trying to play with that. And how do we keep building that? And, you know, you see it in, in things like eco-villages and intentional communities, this deep, deep hunger for that. Um, so we're we're also really trying to address that need and, and that hunger for people. Yeah, thank you so much for speaking to those personal longings, you know, for the connection from the self to the nature and the community longings and just like finding your place and sharing your unique gifts and talents. Those are those are a hundred percent, you know, not only what we're standing for at the sacred everything, but but these are the themes that just keep coming up a lot in all of our interviews. Right. It's, it's like what what is the basic hu- need of a human and how is this world satisfying and like more often than not, not satisfying those basic needs. So it's really a treat to hear you speaking directly to those themes. It sounds like um, what I'm hearing you say is that there was this calling that people had, like you, you refer to it as a thread. Mm-hmm. There was this thread, this stream of consciousness that guided them into going into the wilderness school and, and it, and it brought it to them, brought them to it. Um, what was, what was your thread? What, what was the role that you played within that nine month immersion? Mm. Oh, geez. Now you're gonna make me think. Um, you know, I can't, I came into the program with a lot of skill and experience in, in like strategy and, uh, creativity thinking outside the box, um, as well as like leadership and being able to bring people together and to be able to lead. Um, so that I, I had a lot of experience that felt really comfortable for me. Um, and, and I think it was, I, I think, I don't know if you ask some of my clan mates, they might, might say something different, but I, I imagine they would say that I, that was something I really provided. Um, you know, and then I, I had to then kind of relearn how to do that in a different way because I would say that my style and I'm still very much doing this work uh, but my style of leadership was is was a very western settler style it was very like lone leader who it's you know I'm I'm in charge and it's all my ideas and we're just gonna I'm gonna come up with the vision and we're and then you all are gonna help me in, enact it um, and then I came to the school and I was like oh yeah, no, that doesn't work super well here. Uh, it's much more collaborative. It's much more flat, you know, way, not really hierarchy and, and, and that everyone's voice needs to be heard and we, and we need to come to consensus on things and we need to, everyone wants to feel like they're a part of decision-making and strategy and things like that. Um, so it's much slower 
and it's much more collaborative. Um, so that that was a lot of my learning journey. Which yeah, it was neat. It was like I, it came in as a strength for me um, and some, th- something I brought. But then it also was it was the area where I had the biggest learning to to go. So the the wilderness school it's been around for about twenty years, right? More uh, actually it was originally founded in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, and we've been in Washington since the mid nineties. And then when was the first Inake program inaugurated? That was, I believe it was year 2000. So that's been around, uh, yeah, I think this is the 21st class, the class that's happening right now. How have the demographics of that program changed over the last 20 years? Uh, well, it was a lot of white people <laughs> in the early years uh, and, and you know, even still pretty recently. So um it, it, we, we are uh, diverse. It, it is becoming more diverse. Um, and that's not an accident. We've been, um, that's become a, a really high priority for us um, and something we've been actively working on in the last five or six years. Um, you know, things like creating an equity council um, and, and really doing, doing the work that it takes to try to move our culture and the way we do things to be much more welcoming for people who aren't white, cis, um, you know, hetero, like that, just that, that, like the world who, the the world that this made sense for in the eighties and nineties, um, that were attracted to this. It's like, okay, now this, this, we can't just have this be a white phenomenon. Um, and, and there's so much, uh, so much richness that has been coming with, with diversifying and bringing in more people of color. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's a, a huge conversation in this industry right now. Um, and we are doing our best to do our work and bring in people who have, who know way more than we do to support us in that work. Um, and there's still a lot further to go. And, and that's also, I, I would say that's also probably a whole other podcast, um, of, of that work and how crucial it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that I'll, I'll leave it there for now. So when you joined, um, the wilderness school, you, you convinced your, your family also to move out, out to Washington. Um, have other people after going through the program also, you know, decided to, to be closer to the program with their families as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, luckily, like we didn't have kids, so luckily it was just my wife and I, um, and you know, that, so that was, you know, it still wasn't super easy, but I, I was able to get her to come up and, and tour the school with me and she was able to find that. That's the other thing is it's like, you know, the, there's kind of the people who are into survival skills. Maybe this makes sense for them and they're excited about it or whatever it is that draws an individual in, but there's so many things to learn here and to study and to get connected to that there is a universality to it. Um, and so luckily my wife was able to find the things that really spoke to her. Um, she loves communication work and um, more like inner inner work, um, things like that. And and so there was something about that that rang true for her when we came and toured. Um, and she luckily we bumped into one of the core instructors who that's really inside of her gifts. And so she was able to speak to that. And you know, a little bell kind of went off for my wife, and she's like, "Yeah, this I want to do this." Um, but then you know, we a couple years ago we had uh, an amazing family come up from California. Um, and the, the woman, Kristen, um, this, this really spoke to her, um, and her husband was like, all right, let's, we'll figure it out. And he moved up here and I think worked remote or found another job and put these kids in school and she was here for two years and then they just moved back to California. Um, and, and then, you know, other times families come in and they move in and they just never leave. They're like, this is amazing. 
Um, and, you know, speaking to community, that's part of it too, is people come here hungry for community. And then because we've, you know, we've been here for so long and so many people have moved here um, and have done these programs, there is this shared culture and, and kind of shared way of looking at the world. And then they stay in this, you know, pretty small little bubble of, of you know, place called Duval, Washington. Um, and so there's, there is a, a kind of a built in community as well. And that was honestly a big reason why I stuck around and wanted to come on staff was I, I wanted to, I wanted to keep that sense of community. I wanted to be around really amazing people doing powerful work, um, that I, I had a similar, similar worldview with. Um, and so that, that I think is also an incredible kind of selling point for, for this school is that there is these layers of community around the school, um, that when you stick around, you get to become a part of. Mm. You know, a lot of, a lot of the guests that we've had on this show, you know, they're, they're from, or they like specialize, I guess, in intentional communities. And it's interesting to hear that not only is this something that's focused on reconnection with nature and the self, and, and, but originally it was this commercial or dare I even say spiritual enterprise, you know, but it formed into a permanent community that has staying power. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, you know, it's a shared, shared worldview that it starts with. And in a time when you see so much dialogue defined by political divisiveness and fact and science divisiveness, it's hard to keep that glue. So kudos to you guys for keeping that container for yourselves and, and being able to thrive healthily. It's, I think it's what a lot of people crave at the moment. Um, yeah, but it's, but it's also like a shining example of how it doesn't have to happen from saying, oh, we're going to live together from the get-go, it, it may be formed out of these shared values first, like a school, um, something that's more spontaneous as a development of community, as opposed to what we've seen a lot of, which is this intentional community. Jared, uh, we're trying to understand something like concentric circles of impact here. We talk about, you know, the impact on the individual, the impact on the community, which could be within the school or outside of the school. And then finally, the broader lessons for the world. So those sort of three steps. And, and it sounds like you've hit on a lot of those already. But maybe if you could just take a stab at each of those and, and think from the inward experience to the group experience and really, you know, like, how are those lessons being translated into the broader world? Are there current mechanisms or organizations or groups that are transferring them out right now? And are you involved in any of those at the moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's a, a lot in that question. I'll do my best. Uh, feel free to jump in if I get off track. Um, but yeah, for the, for the individual, um, the impact, you know, I would say the biggest impact that I've experienced and that I, I'll assert a lot of students that come through our immersion program experience is this um, blossoming or discovery of gifts, um, that, that we each come to this life with a unique set of instructions or a unique, um, flowering that wants to come through us and through doing things like relationship building and community building and connecting with the more than human world, that those things can begin to move and, and open and blossom and grow. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, as well as a lot of like healing of past trauma and, and things like that, of like actually processing that we've spent our life up until this point 
for a lot of us, not doing that. And, and that there's some deep scars from that. Um, but coming here and, and doing all of these different activities and, and learning these different modalities and, and things like that, 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 that creates this, this, it, um, I don't know how to say it. it. It creates this environment within us where it creates that, that, that bed of healthy soil that allows the, the sprout to pop up or, or whatever stage it is when you come here to continue to grow and flower and blossom and fruit. Um, and that has definitely been my experience. Um, and, and I, I see it in a lot of those, um, students around me and, and people who have stuck around and stayed on staff. Um, and so you end up with this community of people who are just incredible humans that contribute so much. Um, and it creates that web of community because we all rely on each other for different things that are, are our unique gifts. Um, and a, and a lot of just learning who you are and how that relates to everything around you. Um, so it's, it's very grounding, very orienting, um, because that's, you know, that's the other benefit of relationship and, and, and building and, and tending relationships in this web of community is you learn so much more about yourself because it's reflected by this, these associated relationships around you. Um, and then that allows us to go forward in our life with a lot more direction. You know, like, like we've been talking about the, the, the thread. Um, so coming here and being like, okay, there's a thread that led me here. I don't quite know what it is or what, you know, how, how it, I got here, why, but I'm trusting something. There's something tugging on me towards this and I'm trusting that. And I, I, my experience is you come here and you learn to trust it more. Um, you, 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 you learn the why or the what, like, what is it that's opening up? What, why am I here? And so you start to get some answers. You hold those questions, those sacred questions very strongly, and then they start to open up and you learn and you, you're growing and you're gaining wisdom on that. And so coming out of this program, then you've, you've got that, um, increased trust in that thread of like, okay, it doesn't have to make sense in my, in my brain. Um, but I'm trusting this thread that, you know, is tugging on my heart in different directions, um, or, or towards different people or away from other things. Um, and so that has been priceless for me. Um, and I imagine is for a lot of people who come through here, um, because now you're navigating life and you're connected to a much bigger conversation in the world. Um, and, and what, you know, a lot, if you ask a lot of people around here, they would say that one of the biggest things the world needs is more people who are focusing on their gifts and how to give those gifts most powerfully in the world. Um, so there's, there's the individual, uh, or at least part of it. Um, and then at the community level, you know, is basically building on that. It, it is when you have people who are connected and, and have relationship with the, the human and more than human world around them with the land they stand on, um, and the, the indigenous lineage of that land and the, that those indigenous people are still around and they're still in a lot of cases really involved in tending to that land and things like that, that there is this, um, this thread through time that connects people as well as location. Um, and then that, that, that again creates this fertile bed of soil for beautiful community and beautiful gifts to arise. Cause now you have people coming together and, and there's that exponential effect. You have all these incredible people who are doing this incredible work. They're healing wounds and trauma. They're building bridges, building relationships, and they're doing that, um, in this way that compounds. Um, and so you, you have a lot of really heart centered people who are doing powerful work. Um, and then when you look at that, 
in the world, um, then again, it just keeps it keeps building out from there. When you have, because I feel like right now there's these pockets of places where maybe a school has popped up or an intentional community or or just something that has drawn like-minded people together that are doing really heart-centered work. And, and then that that creates this kind of beautiful hotspot in that in that area. Um, and then, you know, the, the hope is that continues to grow is people continue to come together to, to really prioritize what's important in life, what moves them, what contributes, um, what is, what is regenerative? Like what is a, what is a culture or a process that actually can build upon itself versus deteriorate over time? Um, and so the hope is then that continues to grow, continues to feed our relationship with the earth, the earth itself, and its ability to, to remain a home for us. How long are you going to be in Washington wow. for? I might, I might have to it's come really through. Powerful. <laughs> How much of the flight? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to tell me my purpose in life. That's what I just heard you say. <laughs> but, but this is like fascinating to me because even in our pre-interview check-in, this didn't come up as, as potently, at least like all of the career all of the purpose, all of the life coaching today, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the flower inside of us that wants to blossom. And, and what I just heard you say, correct me if I'm wrong, once the individual's flower has blossomed, and once many individuals who are seeking their place in a community can come together, it takes the friction out of a lot of the inner workings of those relationships. And then as you start to create gravity around that as a modality of being for a lot of people, that can flourish. So I, I hope I represented that well, but it's, it's incredibly inspiring to me to think that in a place like Duval, Washington, you have this vortex of self-awareness, this, this synthesis of skills and talents in a community and the ability like not only to export that through your school, but to radiate that out like weather systems across the region. It's really powerful. It's really potent. I'm really inspired by that level of personal development that you're describing for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll add to that, that I would say in a lot of the current yeah, like uh, small business coaching or life coaching or things like that. It's it's still very individual based. It's what are you good at that you can then market to make a living. Um, and and what what we're tapping into here is that is a much more a much older story, which is it's not about you. It's about how your gifts can contribute to your community. To the pe to your people, to the land, um, to the more than human world around you, and that distinction is huge. Um, and you know, the other piece that you and you reflecting it, I was hearing again was um, that the the community actually makes it possible. That if you're out there on your own, you're you're working at some big tech company in an office, staring at your computer, and you're, maybe you're even getting coaching on how to be better at moving, you know, the zeros to ones in you know cells on a spreadsheet or whatever, you know that you without other people around you who are who are relying on each other and connected and having relationship with each other that it, you you could say that it's almost not possible for that true like original instructions or that true like gifts to to show up 
You, you need that weaving of community. You need to be in relationship with the land you're on and the, the more than human world around you for that even to be possible. Like that's, that is the foundation. That's what creates that rich bed of soil for that to show up. And so then, yeah, when you, when you can find that community, that, that, environment where that that's possible and and people are coming together with that intention then that can really start to show up the other thing I'll, I'll point to is um you know if you're getting that if you're getting that life coaching or you're getting that that business coaching and 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 the difference you're trying to make is to make more money or to you know buy a, buy another company or to merge this or merge that but it's not in service of life it's not necessarily directly in service of of growth and regenerative design then i don't know it's like do you how much do you really care about that yet when you get connected when you get really deeply involved in this community style of life, both with the human world and the modern human world, then you start to find stuff you really care about, like that you would give your life for. And then you do. Then then when those gifts emerge, you really give a crap. You, you know, like I, the, the work that I'm clear is now coming through me. Like, I don't have any question. I'm, ne- I'm never going to stop doing that. And I don't need a coach to to encourage me to keep going um, or to tweak things. It's like, yeah, no, I'm. This is just who I am. I'm very clear. This is why I'm on this planet, and I'm just going to go do that work. And I'm gonna I'm gonna meet people in a unique way because that's where I am. I have a place to stand. Um, whereas if you know, when I was working for a tech company and you know I was doing fun, cool stuff, but if if something were to disrupt that or or something came in. Uh, you know, it just, it doesn't have that same weight and that like importance in my life. So I'm going to be, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to build community there. I'm not going to stick around. I'm going to jump jobs. I'm going to be trying to make more money and improve my personal lifestyle. Um, whereas when you, when you follow this other map, which is a very old map and you know, I'm, I'll be the first to say we did not come up with this. We're learning from it as much as we, our students are, um, of this old map of, of this deeply connected, regenerative cultural style and, and, and utilizing these different teaching modalities and, and areas of study, um, that again are very, very old. Um, then, then these magical things can start to show up and make a massive difference again at the, the personal, the community and the world level. Jared, um, are you familiar with the hunter gather hypothesis? Not, not that phrase. Okay. It's a hypothesis in, uh, in evolutionary psychology that, that agrarianism is a recent, uh, mutation mm. in the, in, in, in the epigenetic code. Mm. And that having that totalitarian, patriarchal, like farmer traditionalist of setting the orders and all of their and, and them having many children and them, you know, instituting all that and the whole rote learning thing. That this is a recent mutation mm. of 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 our human lineage, mm-hmm. and that there seems to be this this part of the population. You know, this is very still hypothetical, but the evolutionary psychologists question it to be around twenty percent. Of people that are still stuck with that old hunter hunter gatherer genetic code, mm-hmm. and it and it's being being released. <laughs> and so um, again, it, it, again, it sounds to me like you're revolving around the idea of a tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that that I read was "Tribe" by Sebastian Junger, and in there he talks about uh, the glue to um, 
to any like subculture or, 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 or society or, or like extended family kinship was this gratefulness, mm. this gratefulness for each other. And like exactly like you were saying, when our culture has already abstracted all of these transactions that we make within each other to institutions like Uber and, 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 and big corporations, mm. who are you to be grateful for? Thank you so much for holding and sharing this space with us today and cracking open the mystery for me about what the Wilderness Awareness School is and what it does and what the institution stands for and and, and just sort of sharing that journey on how you've come to play your unique role in it. I'm, I'm wondering if, if you have any final thoughts, any final reflections on what we said, things that, you know, somebody who's interested, who's a listener, you may want them to know about it, about your experience, any, any kind of takeaways for folks today? Yeah, I guess it would just be, you know, whatever brought you to this podcast, whether it's this show or this individual episode, um, whatever that is, be curious about it. And I encourage you to, to keep you know, if, if you want to call it a thread like I do, great. If you want to call it something else, great. But keep, you know, like I also think of it as like maybe there's a coal there, you know, like we, we, we do our bow drill, we do our friction fire to create these little coals that we then blow into flame. Um, so whatever that is, you know, give it some air, blow into that, let it spark um, and, and keep moving forward, keep being curious, keep uh, sitting with some really uh, sacred questions. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things we talk about is, is the, the answers are often the, the dummy prize, um, that the questions is where the real, the real fruit is, um, the real juice. So yeah, sit with those questions, be curious. Um, and if, you know, if Wilderness Awareness School is, it becomes an answer to that. Awesome. We'd love to have you. Um, but whatever it is, uh, I encourage you to, yeah, just keep moving forward, keep moving towards that, that regenerative future that we all know is possible and, and are really, um, trying to find our way towards. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. And, th and thank you for the, the conversation you're fostering, the space you're creating in these conversations, um, because that is what's so needed in the world is for more conversation about this, more for that, for that to start outweighing the other conversations that are happening. Um, and, and yeah, the, the way you're going about this and the, the people you're talking to, it's, it's so rich and yeah, I'm just honored to be a part of it. You know, all the, the big thinkers who are reimagining humanity like Thomas Berry or the new and ancient story with Charles Eisenstein or Joanna Macy's work. It's like really deeply interesting to me to read a lot about theoretically and systematically how how these connections of the self and the the community and, and nature are are intertwined and perhaps even interdependent on each other. But but I I come down often from from that mind space into my body space and I'm like what are we doing about this and and you know I just want to thank you so much right for sharing what you're doing about this and how it has the potential to to shape society and um, I appreciate the Wilderness Awareness School for lending your time uh, lending their lineage to us into this conversation um, and, you know, we sincerely hope that you can join us for a follow-up episode, maybe visit you at some point. And, uh, we, we really look forward to connecting, connecting.
connecting with you in the future. Yeah, me as well. I would love that. Thank you both. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. The Sacred Everything is brought to you with the generous volunteer assistance of our team. Dennis Pavluck is our technical wizard, philosophical gymnast, co-host, and editor of the podcast. Danya Trejo is the manager of our marketing, community, and design efforts, and also our head witch. I'm Travis Sheehan, the regenerative creator, systems magician, co-host, and belly laugh keeper of The Sacred Everything. 